Welcome to the Daring DVM podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, coaching, and your doctor brain to rewire your mind and get what you want in life. I am your host, Dr. Amy Grimm, veterinary life coach, life work alignment pro, and UC Davis vet school grad. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Daring DVM podcast. In episodes one and two, we talked about happiness, we talked about success, and we dove into self-confidence. Today, I want to discuss how to thrive in vet med. Because friends, I know it's fucking rough out there. Let me ask you, are you tired of feeling like you're at the mercy of the veterinary care system that we have in place currently? Many vets feel this at some point in their career. We feel stuck. We feel like we have no control over our own day at work. And a lot of the times, this bleeds into our personal life too. Our system is very much broken in several ways. Last year, the American Association of Veterinary Medical Colleges published a statement on the U.S. veterinary workforce in which they touched on the shortage of veterinarians within the profession and its implications. Basically, since 2007, the rate of vets entering the workforce has been less than the inflation-adjusted rate of the increasing demand for veterinary services. And this was only compounded over the last couple of years with the effects of COVID-19 on our system and our workforce. A JAVMA News article titled, Are We in a Veterinary Workforce Crisis?, discusses the rising demand of veterinary services from 2019 through 2021, coupled with an apparent decrease in workforce productivity, inefficient staff utilization, high turnover, and the shortage of vets. And we are all experiencing and witnessing the consequences of this now. We have a backlog of wellness appointments, longer wait times for sick patients, or even more referrals to emergency or urgent care practices. And of course, our current Band-Aid solution of extending work hours and caseload for current vets and the remaining support staff. Besides the shortage of vets and its many implications, one of the biggest challenges that I see my clients facing is that our system has also failed to change along with the practice style and expectations of today's veterinarians and what it means to be successful and happy in life. I don't think anyone would disagree with me on how our current system is not set up to adequately support us and our mental, emotional, and physical health. And we experience this as burnout, not only within our careers, but also in our personal lives. So not only do we have a shortage of doctors, but we also have a shortage of support. Now, this is an area in which I am passionate about making a difference. Now, I in no way discredit our challenges. They are real, and they have a big impact on us. However, I do think that so much of what we focus on are things that we cannot change or impact immediately. It's not to say that these things should not be changed or impacted, or that we shouldn't be putting effort into doing it now. But what about us 
just feeling better today, this week? What about starting to feel better now? What do we do to start feeling better now so that we can stay afloat while all of these changes are being worked on? What is going to help us thrive despite our less than desirable circumstances? And what is going to help us inspire action and ultimately create and cultivate the profession that we love and want to be a part of? So that's what I'd like to talk about today. I'd like to discuss four strategies for you to thrive. What I hope is that you take time to think about them this week. Consider them, journal about them, discuss them with your coach, and find ways to implement them in your life. The first thing that you want to work on is getting clear on your values. And if I'm completely transparent here, when I hear somebody talk about values, half my brain just shuts off. I've done plenty of activities over the years where you're supposed to pick the things that are most important to you from a whole list of values. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. It's not bad. It's just that sometimes it's hard to figure out how this applies to my actual day-to-day -day life. So if you've had that experience before and you're already rolling your eyes at me, I'm going to make it clear for you on how it actually does impact your day-to-day -day life and what to do about it. Getting clear on your values means that you're finding out what is really important to you. And I mean you as an individual, not what other people find valuable, not what your parents or your boss or your partner finds valuable. And it's also not what you think should be valuable. Like when you find yourself thinking thoughts like, a good doctor would value this, or a good mom would value this, or a good daughter or spouse or friend should act this way. You need to be really honest with what is genuinely and truly important to you and fuck the rest. Once you know your values, you need to understand why they are important to you. And once you've figured this out, you need to apply it. You need to make decisions for your life based on these values. So if you're someone who feels out of alignment in your life right now, then you are very likely out of alignment with your values. Let me give you an example here. So one of my top personal values is flexibility. Having flexibility in my life is very important to me. And I had to acknowledge that how I was practicing as a doctor was out of alignment with this. I used to, a long time ago, work as an associate at a hospital where the culture was that you stayed until all the patients had been seen. And even if your shift may end at six, if a pet comes in right before closing, you're expected to see it. And there were times when I would be at work long after my shift had technically ended because of all of those last minute squeeze in appointments. And as a person with an active social life, I was constantly missing out on after-work activities and things that I would have loved to have been a part of. 
even just scheduling a date night with my then boyfriend, who lived in a town 40 minutes away, was difficult. So sometimes I'd only see him on the weekends when I wasn't working, which at the time was only like one per month. I'm sure many of you can identify with this in some capacity. You make plans, you show up to work with the best intentions for the day, and it all just goes to hell. And a lot of the times, you know when the hospital technically closes, but you don't actually know when you're going to be done. And even if you tell the hospital manager and the front desk that you have an after-work commitment and you need to leave by a certain time, there's not really a guarantee that it's going to happen. So ultimately, a sick pet comes in right before you need to leave and you feel an obligation to help. Because that's why we became vets, right? To help animals. And I cannot even describe to you the stress I felt of being pulled in two different directions. Just feeling so much pressure to not let the client know that I'm trying to hurry, yet I am trying to fucking hurry and get myself out of there. Racing around, wondering if I'm going to miss the important thing that I have scheduled. And just feeling defeated. Like I had no control over what was important to me. And I had discussions with my boss about this, but ultimately their vision for the hospital was different than what I envisioned for my life. And even though I absolutely loved the team, I loved the medicine, the compensation, the benefits, I had to realize that the flexibility and independence I desired on a daily basis was not going to be found there. And that may not be the case for you. Maybe if you have similar values, all you need to do is have a frank discussion with your team and find ways for you to have flexibility. It could be that simple. Or maybe flexibility is not that important to you and you value something different, like my boss did. She valued the ability to offer that type of patient care. Or even one of my colleagues, who totally didn't mind working late on his days there because he really valued being able to support himself financially by working longer hours on fewer days. For me personally, it didn't mean that it was a bad job and it didn't mean that someone else wouldn't totally love it. It just meant that it was out of alignment for me. So when we're making decisions like leaving a current practice, going to a different practice, exploring a new sector in vet med, or changing careers completely, or really any other decision that we make in our lives, personal or professional, we want to make sure that they align with our values. And sometimes we get into a job having asked all the right questions, and then we still find out Ah, shit, it's actually different than what was presented to us. But knowing your values makes this so much easier. Now you can advocate for yourself so that what you end up doing is in alignment with your values. And if your hospital is not able to work with you on that, well, there's your answer. Should I stay or should I go? Your values make that very clear to you. Decide what is most important to you. And remember... You do not have to justify your values to anybody. You don't need to explain them to anybody. They are important to you 
because they are important to you. The next thing that you need in order to thrive is you need to understand yourself really well, or at least better. What I mean by this understanding is what helps you to feel your best. What is fulfilling to you? What makes you satisfied? What do you like? What do you enjoy? When I apply this professionally, it's very rewarding for me. I bring a lot of value. I have energy. I feel really excited about my accomplishments. And this is going to differ from person to person, which is a good thing, because we all offer so many different things. For example, if you love building long-term client-patient relationships, then urgent care is probably not the right fit for you. Or maybe you don't fancy caring for a pet from infancy into their senior years. So perhaps working as a home euthanasia vet or an ER doctor may be more suited to you, depending on your desire for adrenaline. Or maybe you love the scheduling flexibility of relief work or the ability to teach others and share knowledge in academia. There are so many options, and all you have to do is understand what you find fulfilling. Just understand who you are as a person. Whatever is true for you is valid and acceptable. There's so much judgment that we bring to ourselves. Maybe we even understand what's true for us, but then we have this thought that it shouldn't be true, or it's bad that it's true, or that it should be different. And I want to offer you that whatever is true for you is valid and acceptable. You don't need to justify it. You don't need to apologize for it. It just is okay. Maybe you don't want to be in a traditional hospital, or work a traditional schedule, or keep up traditional appearances, or be defined by what has traditionally been expected. Or maybe you do. But you don't have to do anything the way other people do it. Whatever is true for you is valid and acceptable. And when we guilt and shame ourselves and judge ourselves for being different, it's very exhausting. And I think that it can also be something that contributes to the burnout that so many of us vets feel. If you continually have to resist who you are and what your values are to fit into a mold of what is expected, then yeah, you create exhaustion. Also acknowledge that what you want and what fuels you now will change as you get older. And that's okay too. You are a beautiful human being who is continually evolving into the next best version of yourself. Just because you practice in one type of setting now doesn't mean that you're not going to change later or that you might find something more fulfilling or interesting later in life. Understanding yourself well is what will help you to thrive. The third thing you need to do in order to thrive is to identify your needs and then meet them. So what does it really mean to meet your needs? This is something that a lot of people talk about, but what does it really mean? Well, it means that you fulfill your healthy desires. Healthy desires are those that lead to outcomes that are desirable for you. Outcomes that you want, 
long-term results. This requires you to identify your needs and to take responsibility for your own experience of your life. This means that instead of thinking it is somebody else's job to meet your needs or to blame other people for your needs not being met, you have to take responsibility that you're actually the one creating your own experience. And my friends, this is actually really fucking good news. The reason it's so amazing is because you're the one who's responsible. And guess what? If you don't like it, if you don't like your experience, then you can change it. What? How liberating is that? Come on. What's actually hard for us is when we think other people are responsible. Because then we think they need to change in order for us to feel better and to get what we want. And guess what? We can just cut that bullshit right out of there. We get to decide. So in order to do this, in order to identify and meet your needs, you first have to make yourself a priority. You have to value yourself and make yourself the priority. So many of us, especially women or those socialized as women, have been taught that everybody's needs come first. And if we even make it onto our own list, we're normally right at the bottom. So you have to value yourself and build your self-esteem. You need to build a strong relationship with yourself. You need to care enough about yourself to make you a priority. Because it's fucking useless to identify your needs and then not even meet them. If you struggle with this, then I would really encourage you to look into coaching. My clients work on this all the time. I see so many vets who have accomplished so much, but their opinion of themselves, their thoughts about themselves, maybe even regarding certain areas of their lives, they're freaking terrible. In coaching, we just acknowledge this, and it's something that we can really work on together. So for example, if you have a personal goal to lose like 10 pounds, yet you consistently snack or ignore your eating plan, then what you need to do is figure out what the need is behind that behavior, the snacking, and then find a better way to meet that need. The need being met is not a snack deficiency. There's something else at play. There is some other need that you are meeting with this behavior. But this need is not being met in a way that creates a desirable outcome for you. So what might that need be? It could be many things. Maybe you're longing for connection and the snack brings up certain memories for you. Maybe you think that you really need a break and this is one tiny way in which you can give that to yourself. Maybe you just want to feel safe and that particular food is comforting. If there are things that you are doing that you wish you would stop, the first step is to understand that you are doing it for a reason. It is meeting a need. So let's figure out what that need is and really explore it and experiment with other ways to meet it that give you satisfaction and that long-term goal that you're looking for. And finally, my friends, the last piece of this puzzle is to manage your mind and to process your feelings. This is an area where coaching really shines. 
What many of us have been trained to do is push our emotions away. We have to be professional, whatever that means to you. And many of us hide our emotions at work, sometimes in our personal lives too. We have learned to deny our emotional needs and to assume that if we don't feel our emotions in the moment, then they'll just go away, which, spoiler alert, they do not. We just haven't learned supportive or functional ways to deal with our emotional life. And all of us have emotions. I used to struggle with this a lot. I remember learning about this from one of my coaches and being like, uh, yeah, whatever. What if I just don't have a lot of emotion? My friend, if you are asking that same question, guess what? Your emotions are there and you're just unaware of them, like I was. You totally can become more in tune with your emotions. I am living proof of that. So instead of numbing yourself and stuffing your emotions deep down, learn to process them. Our feelings need to move through us. If we bottle them up and resist them, that's when we begin to self-sabotage. Processing and feeling emotions is a skill that you can learn. And the first step is to truly understand that your thoughts and your beliefs are what have created everything you have in your life thus far, both the desirable and undesirable outcomes. Everything you think and believe creates a result for you. And if you have a result that you don't like, then what we need to do is look at your thoughts and examine your beliefs. We work our way through your mind to discover that root cause, and you get to decide if it is something that you would like to keep believing or not. Another important part of this is recognizing that not all of your thoughts are true. In fact, probably most of them are not. Thoughts are not fact. Thoughts are not truth. Thoughts are just thoughts. And we get to decide how we want to think about things. If you've ever changed your mind about anything, you know this to be true. You get to decide how you think and what you believe. And once again, this is amazing news. If your thoughts and beliefs create all of the results in your life, and you want to change some of those results, and you know that you can change your thoughts, then you're all set. It's simple. And that's exactly what we do in coaching. Remember, changing your experience always comes back to your mindset. The way you think, what you feel, and how you process emotion. And what I have learned is that many of us vets really struggle with this. And we don't really believe it in a deep way. I mean, it's something that I really used to struggle with. And it's one of the main reasons I'm so eager to share what I have learned with all of you now. So come get coached. Okay, so here we are, finally at the end of our episode today. Let's recap. In order for you to thrive in veterinary medicine, or in life in general, you need to work on and implement these four strategies. Number one. Really understand your values and create a life that feels aligned for you. Number two, understand yourself 
and what you want and what inspires you. Number three, determine your needs and meet them. And number four, manage your mind and process your feelings. You can absolutely thrive in our current veterinary system, even though that system is broken and quite frankly messed up in many ways. The first step is to start recognizing that thriving is even a possibility. Because for too many of you, I know that right now, this does not feel true. But if you can hear me on just one thing, know that it does not have to take you years, decades even, to figure this out. Do not wait for somebody else to fix the problem for you. That is not a life well lived. A life well lived is one in which you are in control of what you want and you meet your needs and your desires. And from that place of abundance, you go out and help and inspire others. Everybody wants to feel good and to feel like they are living an authentic life that is in alignment with their wants and dreams. And these four steps are how you get it. Remember, you have so much to offer. You are so valuable and you deserve to thrive. I would love to hear your thoughts on thriving in VetMed and how you apply it to your daily life. You can share them with me by heading over to at DaringDVM on Instagram and drop me a comment or DM me. And if you'd like to learn more and receive help in applying these concepts to your own life, please come join me in the Daring DVM coaching program. This is found on the website www.daringdvm.com. This is where you can receive one-on-one -on -one private coaching with me. And if you have a minute, please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify. This lets me know what you enjoy and what you want more of, and it helps me to reach those who need this information the most. Okay, my friends, I love who you are, and even more than that, I love who you are becoming. Dare to dream, and I'll see you all again next week. If you love what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come check out the Dare to Dream coaching program. It's where you can get individual help applying the concepts to your own life. This is where you can learn new coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will up-level your life even more. It's where I help other veterinarians who are struggling, just like I once was, to create and cultivate their dream life. Helping you is my favorite thing to do, and it will change your life, I guarantee it. Come join at www.daringdvm.com. That's daringdvm.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.